The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. More with Bill Meyer. Good morning. 12 minutes after 6, it is Pebble in Your Shoe Tuesday, the time in which uh, you can just check in and uh, share something which is on your mind this morning. And uh, on many people's minds today will be the stock market, uh, given that inflation came in hotter than expected. You know, everything's always a matter of uh, what is expected. If they expect 3.1% and you get 3.6%, it's hotter than expectations. And then uh, people start going into a, a mild panic because the market appears to be not the market, but the market is what does the Federal Reserve do with interest rates? That seems to be about the it's like there's one there's one lever. You know, it's either we're going to cut interest rates and we're going to go forward and then the stock market is happy or we're going to keep interest rates relatively high. And then everybody is uh, very, very sad. So it appears to be very, very sad at the moment until maybe the Fed comes out and then just says, well, it's all great. We're going to moderate. And and so this is uh, where we find ourselves at the moment. And, uh, yeah, that is uh, just the breaking news this morning. Stock futures are tanking at the moment. We'll keep an eye uh, on that uh, for you. And like I said, just hotter than expected. Does it really surprise you, though? I ended up uh, sharing this over the weekend. And, uh, and, and by the way, it, it, I ended up buying some uh, stakes from uh, one of our great sponsors. That's uh, Cartwrights. We love Cartwrights in uh, Medford and Grants Pass. And it was, um, you know, the one place where you can see the never-ending inflation is in the food world. There's just no getting around it. I know that uh, President Biden was uh, going out and ranting on Super Bowl Sunday about oh, there are size of snacks and the shrinkflation and uh, shrinkflation. And we need to do something about that. Well, it's all because of the money that's printed and shoved out into the system and chasing goods. And, you know, I, I love the guy who's complaining about the shrinkflation, given that uh, he was one of the people along with Congress who helped uh, cause it. <laughs> You know, but that's all right. They'll have the cure. You know, they'll give the uh, cure to you uh, good and hard. That is for sure. But uh, but Linda ended up going over to um, to Cartwrights, and she ended up getting a couple of wonderful ribeyes there. And and I was just astounded at, at what they cost. And by the way, they were super quality. They were like the finest steaks I'd ever had in the land uh, in my life. They were the best steaks that I, we had ever purchased anywhere. All right, so just take that to the uh, to the bank, but it's like thirty bucks a pound, and that's not unusual these days. Thirty dollars a pound used to be that the stew meat would be in the neighborhood of uh, you know three four bucks a pound. In fact, stew meat and some of those tougher cuts of meat used to be relatively cheap, and now you're at the point where stew meat in many uh, in many supermarkets is now in the neighborhood of uh, eight to nine to ten dollars per pound. That's just the way it is. And are you really surprised? Now, no doubt what has been going on is that uh, we have been conditioned to believe that inflation is not nearly as hot as we know in the real world it is. And it's also interesting how uh, often what happens with inflation when they try to gauge inflation, they strip out food and fuel, right? Well, you know, it, it matters if a car goes up in price or a computer goes up in price uh, but it doesn't matter if your food gets more expensive or, or if your fuel gets more expensive because, well, it's uh, it's volatile. Yeah, but that's also real. That's what uh, p- people have to deal with, the real and the uh, volatile. So 
that is the latest uh, hot inflation and uh, people panicking in the aisles because the whole idea is that the, the assumption was that the punch bowl was going to be brought back sooner rather than later. So I guess I would not look for lower interest rates any time soon in the, you know, especially in the mortgage thing. Where are we in mortgages right now? Six, six percent, six and a half percent. Has anybody actually uh, got a mortgage lately? Uh, let me know about that. I don't know. I haven't checked that uh, that pricing lately. And yet, um, even at 6%, it's not uh, that bad. 6% used to not be considered all that much of a mortgage. It's kind of uh, typical, 5 6%. Back in the 1970s, my parents had an 8% interest rate. Now, I remember my first house that I bought in Seattle. That was in 1985, first home I ever purchased there. And it was 10.9%, and that was bought down on FHA. And I was proud and happy to get it. <laughs> happy to get 10.9. Whoo! Man, you want to talk about uh, some some interesting times there. And now we have very expensive home prices and very expensive interest rates. Both cannot maintain long term. So either prices will come down or interest rates will have to uh, to come down to be able to support the pricing. It's kind of my back of the uh, cocktail napkin economic analysis. So we can talk about that. Anything else that happens to be on your mind this morning? 770-5633. In fact, let me do that. Let me go to the phones here in just a moment. 770-5633. We can talk about whatever is on your mind. We have State Representative uh, Dwayne Yunker, who will be joining me shortly after 7 o'clock. We also have uh, Josephine County Commissioner Herman Bearchiger with an update from the county, too. Colonel Kurt Schlichter will also talk with me. Colonel Kurt Schlichter is a town hall columnist. He's also a trial lawyer, L.A. trial lawyer. He used to run the biggest uh, gas station in the Middle East when he was in the uh, Iraq War back when he was, uh, you know, the colonel. And actually, interesting guy. Wrote a book called The Attack. And it's more or less based on what would an attack on the United States like Israel had from Hamas what would that look like and how would it play out? It is thought-provoking stuff. We'll kick it all around along with your calls, 770-5633. Have your taxes gotten off track? Just call Zach, CPA at First Response Resolution. Visit firstresponseirs.com today to see what Zach can do for you. First Response Resolution in Eagle Point is your first response to the IRS, defending your rights as a taxpayer. Thanks, Jan. I'm out here on location looking at a roof that needs to be replaced. Here's your future weather forecast if you have a roof like this one. Brought to you by our new sponsor, Fontana Roofing. And they're right on time. Nice ladder. What? Eventually, you can expect heavy showers causing leaks, creating an interior water feature you neither anticipated or desired. Nickel-sized hail may develop, causing severe damage to the granules. And high winds are also possible, sending shingles airborne, like throwing stars hurled by a dangerous ninja. Uh, what? Also expect relentless heat waves further deteriorating the roofing material. Protection from the elements starts by calling Fontana Roofing. Who is this guy? I don't know, but I like him. Well, he needs to get off the roof. Maybe he can do play-by-play on our expert roof replacement. How about it? Yeah, sure. I'm better at sports. But first, a word from our sponsor, Fontana Roofing. Visit them at FontanaRoofingServices.com. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal 
Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project, we never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Hi, I'm Randy with Diner 62, and I'm on KMED and KCMD. 20 minutes after 6, speaking of Randy and Diner 62, we will have a Diner 62 quiz a little bit later on this morning, and it has to do with Abraham Lincoln, because this is Abraham Lincoln's real birthday. That's right. 770-5633 to join in. It's Pebble in Your Shoe Tuesday. What's on your mind? Inflation came in hotter. Uh, the markets, of course, are uh, are ready to sell off. <laughs> and they opened it in about 10 minutes, so we'll keep you apprised of that story. Sherm is here. Hello, Sherm. Welcome. Hey, good morning, Bill. Talk, speaking of inflation and price increases, to put that in perspective, uh, my dad had some property on Valley View Drive where he built a rock sand market by the Grange Hall mm-hmm. at Treeline Street. You could have bought, purchased, a home on the Rope Valley Country Club at that time when I was growing up and attending Hedrick uh, Junior High, you could buy a home on the Country Club for eighteen thousand dollars. Eighteen grand. So, what era was this, Sherm? Okay, that was the fifties, mm-hmm. late fifties. Okay, eighteen grand, and what uh, typical typical salary was probably what five six thousand dollars in those days. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they were making if they made four bucks an hour, that was a lot of money. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's all, it's all relative. I guess the uh, the point being though, where I tend to look at inflation and where it really matters is what percentage of something is your income taken up by. And it used to be that uh, housing was a a relatively small percentage of your of your income. Do you remember those days? Relatively oh, small. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we live pretty darn well, Bill. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to work as a kid. I used to do lawns all over that area, around the country club area and everything. But I made money, and, you know, that bought my things, and everybody pretty much worked in the family. The day was, though, so that, that, that well, I, I remember, though, uh, even as a young man, housing was a much less expensive or a much uh, smaller bite of income than it is in later yeah, years. What's that? Dad built the house we lived in, a white brick house up on the mm-hmm. hill in Valley View Drive overlooking Medford. Dad built that. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. he went out, he'd buy a couple dozen bricks, Bill, and that's how I built the Roxanne Market by the Grange Hall, and that's how I built the brick house on the hill overlooking Medford. He'd go out and lay a couple dozen bricks after work from Snyder's Dairy. He worked for John Snyder, a good friend of his, and he would go out every night and lay, bro- lay bricks. I mixed the mortar as a kid. When I was in elementary school, I was mixing mortar. I go in the Roxanne Market, and I tell people, I mixed the mortar that went between those bricks. <laughs> no kidding. My job. Now, would that even be legal to do now? Oh, God. Who knows? But you know, getting at, though, just about everything that is involved with becoming more expensive is usually because of the influence of government and regulation. Just about everything. Yeah, well, no building permits or anything, you know. We didn't have to have that stuff. Huh? I mean, and I, and somehow uh, and somehow back then uh, we weren't uh, we weren't really good people. I guess we I guess we weren't living well or good people in those days. I, I guess the point being though, it's interesting to look back at history and and see some of the differences. And I have a box of old Medford Mail Tribunes and old Oregonian newspapers underneath the counter here at uh, KMD. And every now and then I pull them out just for fun, Sherm, because it's interesting yeah. to look back uh, at uh, fifty, sixty in some cases 70 years ago, and what people were paying for something. 
And yeah. the one thing I did that I did notice, though, and that has sta- has stood out to me, is that food used to take a much higher percentage of your income back in those days. Food was not nearly as cheap, technically speaking, as it is now. It took a much it, it took a much larger bite out of your uh, household income. You could tell. I mean, yeah, you would see uh, bananas at uh, you know twenty or twenty five cents a pound or something, but. That was a, a lot more expensive, inflation adjusted than it was than it is now. Let's say so. We have this industrialized food chain, which is much less expensive in some ways. Housing, though, was a much much smaller bite, and you could tell. Yeah, but you know what? We raised a lot of our food. You know, we ate a lot of beans. And Grandma and Grandpa had a farm in Phoenix. We got mm-hmm. our milk and eggs and cheese. You know, we got those things. Families helped each other. Well, it used to be what well, the re, what I was trying to get the point though on this Sherm, given the fact that you have a long memory here is that it used to be that housing was a much smaller bite and food was a much greater bite. Now, food is a much smaller bite but is now growing rapidly and housing has exploded as a percentage of people's incomes. It's it's like everything that uh, you know the necessities of life have exploded in price. That's where I was getting at. It used to be that you know one or the other was expensive. Now everything's expensive. That's what I was getting. Yeah, I at. got you there, Bill. Okay, all right. Appreciate the call there, Sherm seven seven zero five six three three. Let me go to uh, Dave. Hello, Dave. How you doing this morning? Oh, this it, is... It's Pebble in Your Shoe Tuesday, and so yeah. if, if there's a Pebble in Your Shoe, go ahead and share it. Okay. Yeah. Well, my friend, my mining miner, uh, mining mentor died during COVID. I couldn't go to his uh, funeral because he was the 10th person, even though he was cremated and all they were burying is his ashes. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't allowed to go. You weren't, you weren't allowed so, to go to a mem- memorial service because of the COVID restrictions back then? Seriously? Yeah, because yeah, oh. they only allowed 10 people and they counted him. Mm-hmm. And so, and the family members, it was more important for them to go than me. But uh, I got a call on Saturday night that his wife died. And so I'll be getting to go to that, uh-huh. and I'll get to pay my respects. But I wanted to say the two of them together brought me back from the depths of hell of despair, and they uh, gave me a purpose, and um, I'm truly grateful for them being angels that when they were alive, and now they're in heaven, and I'm uh, glad because John was a Vietnam vet, and he suffered from PTSD. And I think he's seen uh, my situation at the time and helped bring me out of it, even though I don't think he ever got out of it. I appreciate you sharing about your uh, about your friend there. And I'm glad that you had an angel in your life that was able to uh, help you and bring you that purpose. And most of us, I think probably have someone at some point in our life that has that have that kind of relationship that had that kind of influence and and maybe you don't even have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, touching in with them over time but they had an incredible impact right these these angels in our own lives yeah minor day appreciate the call thanks for that seven seven zero five six three three it's pebble in your shoe tuesday six twenty eight an angel in my life you know, I can think of, there was a real angel in my life 
who uh, passed away a number of years ago. I'm trying to think, you know, who some of the angels. Of course, I've had, you know, mother and father and people that have uh, have really helped me over my years. And now that I'm in the, well, downward slope of my life in my 60s, I suppose, you know, you can look back at that. But some of the people that, um, you know, there's, there's one person I never really talk much about who probably had the greatest impact ever in my life. And, yeah, my dad had a lot of influence, no doubt, mom and dad. But it was the father of a high school girlfriend, Ron Noe, Ronald Noe. And he lived in Huron, Ohio. He died in the late uh, in the late 90s. But if it wasn't for Ron Noe, I wouldn't be out here on the West Coast. I wouldn't have had the money to be able to uh, to come out here. I never would have made it out to... Um, to California, Oregon, Washington, you know, where I lived and ended up, uh, you know, making my life. And I know this may sound really odd, but I I hadn't really considered it until now. But I graduated from high school and uh, and went through radio broadcast school. And then I'm I'm living in Ohio at that point, and and I have great affection to Ohio, but I just knew that Ohio was not where my destiny Lied, you know. It's one of those kind of things where you, you you just know that this is not where you belong. And I knew that I needed to strike out and and leave home. I needed to leave home. I needed to to get out of the Midwest. And we had already lived out on the West Coast for some time. And uh, and I just thought that that was a a better place to go. Now I didn't have any money. I didn't have any ability to uh, to really make that happen at that point. And of course, my father wanted me to stay in Ohio. Of course, I could have stayed in Ohio, Sandusky, Milan, you know, those areas where we all grew up. I could have stayed there and lived at home and done just fine. But it just didn't, it didn't feel right, you know, that inner, that inner thing. Well, uh, the father of, uh, of one of my high school girlfriends, and we didn't stay boyfriend and girlfriend after high school, really. But he loaned me $1,500 to move out to the West Coast. And I hadn't really thought much about that until, like, Minor Dave talks about who is someone that was sort of an angel in your life. Well, Ron lent me $1,500. Maybe he didn't want me marrying his daughter. Uh, (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. (laughs) I don't want you getting together with Cheryl, okay? But he loaned me $1,500, and I was able to buy one of my father's used cars, one of his company cars. He was a salesman for a company at that point, so I was able to pay for the car. And had a few bucks and uh, and then hooked up a U-Haul trailer in 1980 and then moved out to San Jose. And I think that had it not been for that angel, that, uh, you know, that one you know, who could have been a father-in-law. He was a great guy, great guy. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I ever would have made it out to uh, to be around here. And like I said, for years and years here. After bouncing around between Seattle and Sacramento and uh, and Modesto, and uh, and being in Barstow, starting out in Barstow, I settled in uh, Southern Oregon in the uh, 1991, and this has been home ever since then. This is home. This is home. Period. Right. That's just the way it is. And if it hadn't been for that angel, that little angel Ron uh, Noe, whether he was just uh, trying to help me out because I he knew I wanted to move out west. Or that he didn't want me to marry his daughter, which may have been second. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, one way or another, he made it happen. 
I did pay him back. It took me a while longer to pay it back than I would have liked, but uh, I did pay him back. But I sometimes don't uh, thank that angel enough. Maybe you have one, too, an angel in your life. I'd love to hear for that or from you about that, if you wish. 770-5633. Honor an angel along with pebble in your shoe. We can combine the two. Why not? We can rub our stomach and pat our head at the same time, right? This is the Bill Meyer Show, and you're on KMED and KCMD. Hi, this is Megan at Mini Pet Mart. Over the last seven years, Mini Pet Mart and its customers have raised nearly a quarter million dollars for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to further their mission of finding cures for childhood cancer. We're excited again to be the title sponsor of the St. Jude Country Cares for Kids Radiothon on Q100.3 on Thursday and Friday, February 29th and March 1st. Because we know how precious your children and grandchildren are to you, because they are to us too. So please stop by any mini pet mart or news and smokes, plus M Street Market and the Market in Delhi and Grants Pass, and make a donation now through March 1st. We'll put your name on a St. Jude pinup, display it in our store, and match all donations up to $40,000. Mini Pet Mart thanks you for supporting our stores and for supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where no family ever receives a bill for travel, food, lodging, and medical care. With all of our help, they are finding cures and saving children, and they won't stop until no child dies of cancer. News sponsored by Caveman Heating and Air. It's the climate, and we control it. Call Caveman Heating and Air at 541-476-0009 or cavemanheating.com. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 morning news update. Medford police blocked off a road during a multiple-hour standoff last night. People were turned away from Temple Drive in Medford as police cars and trucks surrounded a house. Police were seen using drones above the suspected residence, and eventually a man exited the house with his hands up and walking backwards. Police then entered the home with shields and a canine, and Temple Drive is now clear. Stay with NBC5 for updates on this developing story. Florists everywhere are gearing up for the busiest day of the year. One Medford flower shop tells us how they manage the chaotic Valentine's Day season. Penny and Lulu Studio Florist in Medford has been bustling with orders all week. Co-owners Megan Caldwell and Mallory Schald said they're up hours before the store even opens, working on orders and putting together beautiful bouquets. Despite the busy Valentine's season, Caldwell says she's driven by her passion to create floral works of art. If you're thinking about ordering flowers online, Schald says you may be sacrificing quality. Buying from small brick-and-mortar florists will get you a more personal and sentimental gift instead of selecting from a pre-made arrangement. If you haven't bought your Valentine's Day flowers yet, don't worry. Schald says it's not too late to call and create a custom arrangement. And that's a look at your morning headlines. For local news anytime, head to our website, kobi5.com. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. An intelligent solution saves you money. This is Randall at Advanced Air. It takes an expert to navigate the current HVAC rebates. Call Advanced Air to save big on equipment replacement. Advanced Air is currently offering an additional rebate on qualifying systems, up to $1,000 on Bryant mini-split and crossover heat pumps. Some exclusions apply. Advanced Air and Bryant do whatever it takes to deliver intelligent heating and cooling solutions. Visit MyAdvancedAir.com for details. Your intelligent heating and cooling solution is at MyAdvancedAir.com. Make everything you do more epic with Spectrum Mobile and the new Samsung Galaxy S24 series with Galaxy AI. Order from Spectrum and get $700 off with a trade-in. And now, you can get Spectrum Mobile for $15 a month each when you get two unlimited lines. Get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 series with Galaxy AI today. 
Visit a Spectrum store or spectrummobile.com. Offer subject to change, valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hi, it's Jolene at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and your ability to navigate wet, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Continental, Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. The Bill Myers Show is on 106.3 KMED and 99.3 KCMD. 636 Pebble in Your Shoe Tuesday. It is open phone time here, 770-5633. State Representative Dwayne Yunker, live from the state legislature. We'll get the latest on that uh, coming up. One of the uh, stories they're going to be uh, talking about is the legislative session, of course, is on here, and they're looking at uh, housing, behavioral health, drug addiction, education, all on the uh, docket. But there's another bill that uh, we haven't talked much about, Senate Bill 1548, and this would end daylight saving time in the part of the state of the Pacific time zone for good. Now, a bill in the Washington state legislature did not move forward this session, And the Oregon legislature, this according to Oregon Live, uh, passed a permanent daylight savings time or day. Let me pronounce this correctly. We always put S's on it and it's not a permanent daylight saving time in 2019. But the effort has stalled because it requires an act of Congress. But changing to permanent standard time requires no congressional approval at all. It is already the law in both Hawaii and Arizona. All right. Would you be okay with that? Permanent daylight saving time? I would. Personally, I would be okay with that. And uh, I've got a dog in the fight because uh, anything which uh, keeps the sunlight streaming through my bedroom window, even in spite of having some... I mean, yeah, I'm selfish about this. This whole idea that the sun should be shining at 9 o'clock at night in the middle of summer doesn't really help me. <laughs> it doesn't help me personally to be able to get to sleep and uh, and wake up in the morning. And so, yes, I'm absolutely selfish about this. I would prefer that just standard time, standard time stay, and then uh, at least at 8 o'clock, you know, the sun is going down. So would you be okay with that? No daylight, no permanent daylight saving time, but just permanent standard time. Because Oregon could do that without having to ask for permission from Congress. You can say you're not going to go with uh, daylight saving time, but what you can't do is say, hey, we're going to have permanent daylight saving time. That would require Congress. What do you think? 770-5633-770, okay. Uh, 770-5633, I'm actually okay with that. That's uh, one story that we have here. After I got off the air, the uh, information came out more on the Joel Olstein church shooter. And finding out that uh, transgender, or a woman identifying as a man, I'm still a little bit uh, confused about this because I'm still seeing um, contrasting reporting going on it. Um, the gun used in Sunday's shooting at Joel Olstein's church in Texas reportedly had a pro-Palestinian message written on it. Uh, ABC News said, free Palestine. Another one just said it had Palestine on it. Uh, murderer has been identified as... Uh, Genesee Yvonne Moreno, a 36-year-old transgender immigrant from El Salvador. Well, I'm really glad that we're importing the best and the brightest. 
KHOU-TV in Houston reporting Moreno had a criminal history dating back to 2005, previously identified as Jeffrey Escalante. This according to Texas Department of Public Safety records search. Prior arrests include failure to stop and give information, assault of a public servant, assault causing bodily injury, forgery, possession of marijuana, theft, evading arrest, and unlawful carrying of a weapon. But remember, folks, diversity is our strength. Repeat after me. Diversity is our strength. Now, whether it's a biological female or a biological male, I'm still not sure because I'm still seeing multiple reports that seem to tweak it one way or the other. Now, uh, Fox News here. Yeah, Moreno, originally from Salvador, had a lengthy criminal record. Yeah, we knew about that. Uh, search warrants showed that Moreno pointed an AR-15 at the officers who then fired upon her and killed her in self-defense. So it is a her, even though identified as a he. And one report here says it's a five-year-old that was a biological child. Another one says it's a seven-year-old that was a biological char- a child. Okay, so... This is what we have uh, going on. By the way, that child in critical condition. Add last report here, too. 770-5633. You surprised? You surprised about that? Can't say I am. Oregon Capital Chronicle reporting this morning. The latest survey, Oregonians support striking teachers and one student's reading by third grade. This is an interesting combination of opinions. Oregonians largely support, this is Alex Baumhart writing this, Oregonians, it says, largely support striking teachers more than their unions. And they want schools to ensure that students can read by third grade and don't think the legislature should hold greater authority to intervene in district budgets or teacher bargaining. This according to a new survey. The nonprofit and nonpartisan, okay, this is a kind of a, uh, a fib here. The nonprofit and nonpartisan Oregon Values and Belief Center collected survey responses from more than 1,800 adults from across the state from December 19th to January 7th, several weeks after the Portland teachers' strike ended. Oregonians were asked about their attitudes toward the teachers and state and district leaders, as well as their attitudes about schools and legislative authority. Nearly half of the respondents lived in Portland, but the strike, which lasted more than three weeks, was the first in the history. The teachers gained an average wage increase of more than 14%. More time for lesson planning and the creation of committees to oversee class sizes. The strike left most survey respondents with a negative view of the Oregon Education Association, the state's largest teachers union, as well as Portland School Board, the legislature, and Governor Tina Kotek. Portland teachers, however, fared better. Slightly larger share of respondents had a more positive view of Portland teachers after the strike. So in other words, after the teachers uh, beat your children by not having them in school, uh, you parents felt better about it afterwards. Is that really what's it? A little bit of uh, Stockholm Syndrome going on here? I'll have to check more into these numbers because when they talk about the nonprofit and nonpartisan Oregon Values and Belief Center, this is part of that Oregon Humanities Program, gets grant stream funding. Remember when uh, Senator Jeff Golden was doing those community talks And he was doing that for a long time. He would have those weekend talks here in Southern Oregon. Well, a lot of people didn't realize he was getting paid tax dollars to do that. Well, the same thing with the Oregon Values and Belief Center. And the one thing I can almost guarantee you is that the Oregon Values and Belief Center, if you have a right-of-center belief 
They are there to condition you and to push you further to the left. Take that to the bank, all right? You can take that to the bank. I almost like guarantee it. It's kind of like what uh, Senator Jeff Golden was doing with those community conversations, you know, back in the day. And we're always going to uh, have a conversation about, you know, we need to reach across the aisle. And, and, and so when you reach across the aisle, the, uh, the right-wing person, you'll become a little more tolerant and less believing in your principles and more believing in ours. But, you know, it's a nonpartisan. But we're nonpartisan. Nonpartisan. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Senator Jeff Golden... Effort on, um, he's in the uh, in the paper this morning too, Rogue Valley Times. Effort on Oregon fossil fuel divestment targeting coal is stepping forward, is a step forward. Oregon's public pension fund may gradually divest itself of about a billion dollars in stocks in coal companies, but not oil and gas under a bill that's been negotiated by legislative advocates and state treasurer Tobias Reed. The two key legislature, uh, legislators rather, say that the new bill, House Bill 4083, which a House committee heard Thursday, doesn't go as far as their original proposals. But anyway, Senator Jeff Golden is uh, quite happy with this, looks at uh, getting rid of coal investments as a step forward. In other words, we will get rid of the investments in PERS sooner rather than later. That's really interesting. I wonder if they're trying to hurry up and uninvest in all and disinvest all of this stuff in uh, in coal and actual other reliable fuel sources. They want to do it sooner rather than later because they want it all bankrupted so that possibly you can't go back to it. Maybe that's what they're thinking because Senator Golden may see the handwriting on the law on the wall rather that the renewable energy fraud is becoming more fraudulent all the time. And so we have to hurry up and get rid of it now. You have to get rid of it now. You get rid of the uh, of the of any kind of coal right now, so you can't go back to it. And maybe you'll forget about coal having been shut down by the Democrats, like Senator Golden. By the time the windmills are, you know, interrupting in the middle of the day, you're relying on windmills and solar cells, and uh, and then all of a sudden you're like South Africa, which sometimes has two or three hour blackouts. Maybe that's what Senator Golden's all about. Boy, we better shut it down quick. Get it out of purrs. <laughs> Do it quickly. Of course, one way or the other, Jeff wins. Tails, Jeff wins. And um, heads, Senator Golden loses. Or, or, or we win. Um, no, we always lose. That's right. We always lose. Senator Golden always wins. Because what will happen? Even if they're wrong and they divest coal out of uh, purrs and they get that out of the purrs portfolio, it doesn't matter because when the uh, investment fund doesn't generate as much income, they'll just tax you more. See, the public employees always win, according to Senator Golden. So it doesn't matter if we uh, get rid of coal out of that and PERS loses money maybe because of this. So it helps a lot of things. It, it, it helps us cover up the lie of the renewable portfolio in the state of Oregon and, uh, and hey, it might give us an excuse to uh, tax people more when PERS goes down a little bit more. So one way or the other, maybe Jeff Golden thinks that's a positive. I, <laughs> what do you think? This is the Bill Myers Show, KMED, KCMD.
Do you owe the IRS back taxes you can't afford? Are your finances underwater? First Response Resolution in Eagle Point solves tax problems. Their CPA will represent you with the IRS and defend your rights as a taxpayer. Visit firstresponseirs.com to schedule your free consultation. Here at American Rancher Garage, we respect and support those individuals who currently or have previously served this great country and our local communities. As a small token of our respect and appreciation for their service, we extend our Heroes discount to all active or veteran military personnel and to our active or retired first responders. There is no way to completely repay your dedication to the protection of our country and communities, but we will do what we can. Did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources, including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds, who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888-877-4894. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. This is the Bill Myers Show on 106.3 KMED and 99.3 KCMD. 770-5633, open phones on Pebble in Your Shoe Tuesday. By the way, I just wanted to uh, let you know, Mr. X sent me a message, and I hadn't considered that. The, um, the transgender shooter at Joel Olstein's church had either, it was either Free Palestine or Palestine or Palestine on the rifle. Mr. X reminds me that, uh, Bill, there is a Palestine, Texas. Oh, interesting point there, Mr. X. Maybe it was not a Palestinian... Uh, kind of uh, support statement. Could be. Could be. Maybe there's a connection. We really don't know. Thanks for uh, sending that, okay? It's a 10 before 7. Let me go back to the phones. Bob's here in Medford. Hello, Bob. Go ahead. Good morning, Bill. Salutations. I'll leave it at that. Okay. We have little time. And uh, I want to do a shout-out to Heaven for a recent angel who passed away locally in my life. And his name is Michael Mace. Michael and Mace. I will, uh, yes. And uh, he's, he's, he's known to a lot of folks, and uh, a wonderful man. He, uh, in my life, did not allow me to lose my sense of humanity. Oh, well, that's very good if you can have an angel that can help you with that during a tough yeah. time. Yeah. That is um, really something. Good. Yeah, and I wanted to get that out there. Uh, we don't agree on everything, and I want to start with a softball, and it's the time change with you. Okay. Okay, first of all, I'm really getting tired of moving my sundial six degrees <laughs> twice a year. Okay. And on uh, that note is through history and uh, when we got brain capacity enough to start looking at the sun and the stars and uh, orienting ourselves around the globe and finding ourselves around the globe, it was based on the sun. And when it's at its zenith, it is noon. Mm-hmm. And the sun is due south if you're in the northern hemisphere, 
you know, north and the, and the southern. And uh, we live close to the 45th parallel. So with the tilt of the earth, we're going to get differences in daylight and nighttime. And, and also noon will is never really the when the sun is above you. And that's the way it used to be before there were standardized time zones. Right. But it is still, you know, it, it's pretty dead on. You can sail around the world still with a sextant. You don't need your digital... Um, you know, electronics that may or may not work. Okay, well, let's focus on the uh, let's focus on the core of this, though. The proposal yeah. in the state legislature is to have permanent standard time, so it's just standard time the way it is yeah. right now. Uh, yeah, right now we're in uh, standard time, and I know yeah. some people will whine because it's not nine that it's not nine thirty and still sunny in the yeah. summertime. Yeah. Now you're talking about standard or daylight savings? Standard. Because you see, uh, you know, if you stick with standard time, you won't have uh, sunlight at nine thirty at night. Uh huh. Yeah, and the sun okay. will still end up uh, right. dropping at about uh, eight eight thirty, I think, at right. the uh, at the latest. Yeah, and they proved that daylight savings time doesn't save gasoline or that, energy. That was one of the reasons why. So, uh, right. the proposal though is that we stay permanent stay uh, daylight. Uh, I'm sorry, standard time, just standard time, yeah. the way we are right now. Okay, are you okay Correct. with that or not? Yeah. You are. I am. Okay, then we don't yeah. disagree. Oh, I thought we did. No, no, we don't I'm disagree. Sorry, we I agree. You wanted, uh, you know, daylight savings time, and and it's not the accurate time. You know. Now the proposal was to have daylight saving time uh, permanent, right. but uh, the problem with that is that you'd have to get approval from Congress to do it. To just stick uh-huh. with standard time, no problem. Any state can do that. We could do it right oh, now. Good. Okay? I'm glad we agree on something. Yay! <laughs> all right. Thank you, Bob, and thanks for sharing the angel. All right. Let me go to Roger. Roger. Pebble in your shoe on solar. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're seeing our power bills go up and up and up and up. I mean, this last one's, what, 12%. And they've been selling these uh, solar panels to these to residents put on their homes. It's pretty much free to the residents almost. I mean, and mm-hmm. the thing is, is people are having to, the power company having to buy that power from the residents at, at uh, market rates. And or at our uh, what do you call it the full rate that we would actually buy it from them. So the power company's losing money when they have to buy that power back. And we're getting to the point now where they've got to raise the rates just to make up for that money that they're losing on all those houses that they're putting solar panels on. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I did not uh, realize uh, because I don't have solar on my roof. If you have solar energy, then and you back and you feed back to Pacific Power. They pay you, I think right now we're at about 13, 14 cents per kilowatt hour right now. They have to pay you the full 13, 14 cents? Really? That's my understanding anyway, that uh, there's been some laws passed that they have to sell that or they have to buy that to you at the same rate they would sell it to you. I'm going to have to check that out and see if that's the rate because if that's the case, that, uh, no, that doesn't make sense at all, really. No, and that's and so the power company's got to raise power rates on everybody in order to compensate for that loss. Because if they're paying you fourteen cents a kilowatt hour, that they would then sell to someone else at fourteen cents per kilowatt hour. There's no profit in it for carrying and it and maintaining the lines, right? Yeah, and then you buy it back from them, and it's there's it when you need it at night, and mm-hmm. there's no they have no profit on that. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I know I'm going to have to look more into that. I have not really checked out the uh, the schedule rates and the tariffs and everything that's involved in that. But if that's the case, that uh, doesn't sound like a really smart way to run the railroad, is it? No, no. I mean, I may be wrong, but that was my understanding of how that worked. Okay. 
I thought that they were just paying wholesale rate because if you if you look at your power your Pacific Power bill, it uh, I haven't looked at the one recently. They raised the rates as we well know. We were used to be paying eleven cents uh, per kilowatt hour up until recently. It was like five and a half percent or five and a half cents per kilowatt hour wholesale, and then they would double that to actually deliver it to you. Is how they uh, work that out. So I think they were like seven cents a kilowatt hour, and then we're fourteen now. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, Roger, thanks for sharing that. Pebble, I'm not uh, aware of it. I'll have to find out more and uh, look into it a little more deeply. Let me go to line three. Hi, KMED, KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? Yeah, Ron Grant's passed. i got two points to make. Sure, Ron. Uh, go ahead. Rega- regarding uh, Golden, I think, first off, he and the rest of those that believe in um, alternative energy must have their houses only powered by uh, whatever um, alternative sources, uh, electric uh, sources are. Hmm. Uh, and, and and secondarily, I think that... Well, I would... What you're, what you're trying to make a liberal do, then, is live his or her principles, right? Yeah, yeah right. And the okay. rest of us can be opt-in or opt-out kind of a thing. Now, secondarily, uh, if we had somebody like Elon Musk who could go in and buy up the uh, coal um, power plants... Uh, you know the power sources and um, and all of those things and mothball them if they're going to be put out of business and hold them for such a time as maybe uh, Trump comes back in so that we can re-energize and bring it back up without it being uh, scrapped mm-hmm. and uh, be gone forever. Well, my um, concern about that is um, a lot of the coal plants actually need rebuilt at this point, and that's really where we need to go. Not just uh, restarting the old mothball plants, but uh, I don't know if uh, Elon's willing to lose some more money for the benefit of humanity. Well, I guess we'll find out soon, eh? All right, so that's one point. What's your other point you wanted to make? Well, I wanted to be sure that the uh, people um, upgrade their food and water storage. You know, a lot of talk about uh, this business of gold and silver and that kind of thing. But the old saying is you can put a gold coin in your mouth. And suck on it and suck on it like crazy, but you can't get any calories or proteins or uh, or. or, or uh, you need you need to do both. You need to do both, Bob. You don't get. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Ron. You don't do gold in in replacement of food and or water. Well, what I'm saying is, do your food and water first, then do your hard assets and, and other things thereafter. Okay. All right. Appreciate the call. Let me go to line one. Hi, KMD, KCMD. Good morning. Hello. Hello. I didn't uh, hear any white noise. That's okay. I'll I'll do the white noise for you. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there it is. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Jeff Golden. It reminds me of the term cutting off your nose to spite your face. But the reason I called. Yes. I used to work, tried to work for a large automotive parts chain in the Valley. Mm-hmm. This company made $2.5 billion the year that I worked for them. And what they do is they hire all of these people, young people mostly, at minimum wage that qualifies them for SNAP benefits, and then they go to work. And here we are, struggling taxpayers, subsidizing one of the most popular and rich auto parts houses in the world with our taxes so that they don't have to pay their employees regular wages, or hire them for more than 29 hours a week. Mm. And that really bugs me. Okay. All right. Then, um, you know, as it is right now, you have an insane, insanely high minimum wage right now. Yeah, but it's still not enough 
for anybody to live on, and it qualifies them for whatever benefits they can get. Well, was the minimum wage designed to be a permanent uh, livable? Oh, you see, you see, you're, see, you're making the you see, you're making the argument of the uh, of the progressives that say everything needs to be a living wage, so that uh, no, that no, you're somewhat you graduate from high school and you barely have a pulse and you have no knowledge and no skills. And by the way, I would dare say. The vast majority of the people I find in most of the auto parts houses don't know crap about vehicles. I know more about the vehicles than they do when I go in there. I agree with you. Oh, okay. I, I don't <laughs> believe that these people should be allowed to collect SNAP benefits for beyond a year or so. And then it's time to move on and get a full-time job or a better-paying one. All right. What if there is not a uh, a full-time job available, I guess is what then I would get say. Another, get another non-full-time job okay well then you're complaining about the car parts places only paying hiring someone for 29 uh, hours no, a week I'm, I'm all right complaining about them hiring people and not paying them and taking advantage of it so that we can subsidize them okay so somehow the car company car parts company is unique as contrasted to walmart or as contrast uh, trusted to nope. e- every other corporate thing i mean why i just I just use that one because that's the only one I have experience with. Oh, oh, okay. In other words, what you're saying then is that everyone should be hired at a at at least full time for benefits, or else you don't get hired at all. Is that kind of where you're at? Well, maybe not full benefits. But well, that's what you were saying. You're complaining that it, it, they keep you below 29 hours, so that way they don't have to pay for for benefits. So it's either you have a full time job with benefits, or it's nothing, right? No, Bill, you're completely mistaken what I'm saying. I don't think I am. Is, no, I don't th- I don't think I'm I am mistaken is, there. You're complaining that well, they're then, keeping people below 29, talk. so then you're saying that they should be above 29 with benefits, right? No, I'm saying that we are subsidizing a large company that sells auto parts, and they are taking advantage of our generous benefits, and they're not promoting their employees, you're not giving them an opportunity to work more hours. So they don't need uh-huh. benefits. They're just holding them there at that lowest rate while they bank their billions of dollars. And the people that are there do not have the work ethic to say, you know what, I can do better than this and move on. Okay. In, in other words, you're thinking then that uh, the auto parts companies are, in essence, enslaving the stupid. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, we can't solve that. You know. Now, what you could do is though is eliminate SNAP benefits. How about that? How about no SNAP benefits, and then it doesn't matter. What do you think? I think they are necessary in certain cases, but not a blanket. Uh huh. All right. I, I don't know if you and I necessarily agree on this because uh, it still it still sounds like what you're looking for is you want more control over the business. The businesses better do the bidding of, uh, of the government or else. And, uh, and of course the businesses are already having to do the business, the bidding of a lot of businesses or of a government right now. I'm sorry, a little bit. Uh, no, I think we're, we're on the wrong frequencies here. I, well, I would agree with I you on that. Uh, I, I don't understand why uh, for some reason. Okay. Let me put it this way. A job is worth what it produces. Okay. Right. Yeah. A job is not worth what it necessarily takes. Right. To live. I agree. Okay. I agree. Okay. So but we so we agree on that. Have an, so that in essence means that you the job is either going to pay 
for living wage, so you're going down that progressive thing about full about living wage. It's either going to be no, a living no, wage no, or not. No, I did not say living wage. I but did. that's what you're saying when you're saying it needs no. to be more than twenty nine dollars, uh, twenty nine hours a week, and it needs to be more than minimum wage, and it needs to get them off SNAP no. benefit. What what else could it mean? Bill, <laughs> what I'm saying is, if I have a job and I cannot work more than twenty nine hours a week, week, and I'm working fifteen dollars for fifteen dollars an hour, yeah. And I need more money. I should go get another job, a yeah. second job, yes, and supplement that one, so I don't have to suck off the taxpayers. Money. Well, yes, that is what you should do. That is what logical that's people right. who can do math do. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. But we don't encourage that by letting people collect SNAP benefits forever. Well, that's not the business's fault. That's the uh, the government's fault. There, in the uh... they're taking it. That's true. Because okay. they need to cut back on the amount of SNAP benefits that they allow yeah. to a certain period of time, and then you're done. Get another job, get two jobs, get three jobs, but we're done supporting your poor work ethic. All right. I, all right. I, I think we're talking past each other a little bit, but I appreciate the call. Thanks. Uh, let me go to <laughs> line two. Hi, KMED. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Bob Hayworth here. Hello, Bob. Welcome. I have a pebble out of my shoe. Fire away. You know that guy that does the uh, ads for Millet Construction? He finally got the message that he can't sing. Pebble gone. Yahoo. <laughs> okay, fine. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Thank you, Bob. Hi, KMED, KCMD. Morning, Bill. Steve in Sunny Valley. Hello, Steve. So the, the previous caller before Bob, uh, what he didn't say clearly is that when you give people benefits from tax dollars, what you're really doing is exploiting the worker. You're taking from the worker and giving to the non-worker. You're, it's essentially slavery. You're turning the worker into a slave. Hmm. And they take those taxes at threat of violence. If you don't pay your taxes, eventually the sheriff comes and evicts you from your property, and he's carrying a sidearm. So the solution is to go back to the way it was before the uh, Depression, which was get the government out of charity business because charity from government is tyranny. You've got and, – and SNAP benefits, well, that's just corporate re- welfare. You're letting companies pay below what it would cost for somebody to survive and, and uh, depending on more productive workers to fill the job of, of feeding them. Yeah, all right. Now, I will agree with you on that. And I understand where you was coming from in, in one respect. But this idea that the greedy corporation is banking the money and they are holding people at $29 or 29 hours a week here, and it's because it's too expensive. It's too expensive to have someone necessarily full-time. And I have to tell you, a lot of those people in those, and, I, and, and you know I'm right about this, a lot of those people in the, in the car parts stores are very unskilled and unknowledgeable. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Well, They're probably only worth minimum wage in some cases. But if, if they didn't have the welfare and the SNAP benefits, they would be forced to pay a, a wage that would attract people that could live on it. And oh, but you was, see, that's a government problem. That's not a problem exactly, of corporate America. Exactly. The whole problem is the government. Yeah. We need to get rid of 
all welfare, and we are the most generous country in the world. And the conservatives are the most generous people in this country. But you see, progressives don't want generous people. They want generous government. It's wash, rinse, repeat. You vote for me because I gave you a a chicken in your pot rather than helping you work for your chicken. What they need to learn is that a generous government is slavery. I don't think they see it that way yet. They don't. But it is but it is a, a form of slavery. I'll give you that, okay? Appreciate the call. Thanks for making it. It's eight minutes after seven. We'll catch up on uh, the rest of the news from Town Hall. And uh, we have State uh, Representative Dwayne Yunker is going to join. Quick update from uh, the people trying to give away the store. <laughs> uh, give away the store and take your guns, you know, that kind of thing. And a bunch more coming up.